if you are ready to take your business, your life, your ministry to the next level, this episode is for you. We got Mr. Next Level Living, Jeremy Anderson with us. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. And did I have to? Because that Jesus is like a it brings in itself and then opens. I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want to, to receive a blessing from that. Now here's your host, Kamon Hans. All right, fam. We're back with another episode of the Monetizing Ministry Podcast. If this is your first time, we're so glad that you're watching this. So glad that you're listening to this. I want to encourage you, subscribe so that when the episode drops on YouTube, when it drops on any podcasting platform, you don't miss any of this good content. And listen, I know during this episode, you're going to think this is so good. I can't keep this to myself. Don't share it with someone else so they can be inspired. They can be motivated. All right. We're going to jump right into this one. I'm super excited today to introduce to some and present to others my guy, Jeremy Anderson, Mr. Next Level Living. Jeremy, man, welcome to the podcast. Man, how you doing, bro? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. So, dude, when we talk, when I thought about, you know, monetizing your ministry and the intersection between ministry and business, I could think of no one who embodies that more than you do. And so I'm just honored to have you on, honored to have this conversation. And I know... My viewers, my listeners are going to get a lot of value from this. I'm ready. I'm ready. Glad to be on, brother. How you feeling? You good? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm good. It has been a good, good. day, good week. God is good. So, yeah, all the yeah, time. Well, I know that's right. Yes, sir. So Jeremy Anderson is a globally renowned professional speaker. He's an author, philanthropist. He's traveled the world. But his greatest success, his pride of joy is his family. So, Jeremy, um, that's a short intro. But just kind of tell people who is Jeremy Anderson in your own words. Yeah, man. <clears throat> in my own words, you know, Jeremy Anderson, you know, on the surface, is just a regular guy that was trying a regular guy that was trying to figure things out and just got to a point where he surrendered to the will of God. You know, and I tell people all the time, I tried it my way and it wasn't working. I tried it Yahweh's and it started working. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Jeremy Anderson's a husband. Uh, author, father, um, owns four companies, get to travel the world preaching and speaking and motivating and inspiring and training. I've been doing it now for 14 years, full time for 12. And, um, and it's been it's been a blessing and um, living in Atlanta, Georgia with my family. And um, I, I never thought I'd be experiencing this <clears throat> level of success. But where I am now, I feel like, you know, I'm just getting started. And to be able to do it <clears throat> with the kingdom mindset is um is something I'm privileged to do. And um and one thing about me, you should know, come on, is when I think about people and I think about success, you know, I look at others and when I see what they're doing and what they're accomplishing, and I'm reminded what the word of God says that God is not a respecter of persons, you know, meaning he don't he don't he don't respect status or titles. It's like yo, God wanna bless everybody. Right. And so I'm just in the place in life now where I see other people doing great things. And I'm like, man, why not me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why not? How come it's not possible for me? I got to put the work in. And so that's kind of helped to shift my mindset over the years, which has allowed me to grow uh, to where I am now. But there's a whole other level that I believe God has taken me to. I love it, man. I love it. Why not me? You know, so many times we discount ourselves. I can't. But you're saying, man, why not? Why not me? Now, now, Jeremy, ministry, you know, as I listened to you, you talked about doing things with a kingdom mindset. And, you know, I know a little bit about your background in terms of your involvement in church growing up, you know, and your, your conversion story. Kind of talk to us about your background just in terms of your view of ministry and your involvement early on, like how ministry helped to shape even the things you're doing now. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, so ministry is, is in our core. Um, and one thing that stopped me, if I can speak freely and really be transparent and vulnerable, um, one thing that really slowed me down or stopped me from really going where I believed God was taking me was my fear of judgment from the church. Right. So I, I've always been involved in the church, raised in the church, 
And when I was in my late teens, you know, I lost my way, drug and alcohol abuse, addictions, pornography, you know, saying crime, getting arrested. Like, you know, I, I bumped my head. I was a knucklehead. Um, and then I figured it out, you know, and after, you know, just kind of losing my mind for 10 years and just living a wild and reckless lifestyle, um, October 17th, 2009, um, close to 15 years ago, I surrendered my life to Christ. I got rebaptized and I became like a real Christian, like a new creature, right? And so I began to grow and I, I got discipled and began to disciple others and just started at my local church in Madison Mission uh, with Dr. Doggett, right? And, and, and I was like the youth leader. And then I became an official elder. And then I became, you know, youth and young adult leader. And we run an outreach teams. And then I'm speaking at churches and I'm speaking at events at schools here or there. And then it eventually kind of grew over the years to where <clears throat> I was getting more and more opportunities. And about 12 years ago, me and my wife both quit our jobs. I had this experience at this school with a young girl that told me she was going to commit suicide. But because of my message, she wanted to live. Now imagine. Mm -hmm. I'm at a middle school speaking. This kid's like 13, 14 years old, you know, red hair, freckles. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, after my speech in tears, I wasn't in there preaching. I was motivating. I was inspired by the mm -hmm. presence. The spirit of Christ was inside me. Right. Like the word of God says they worship me with their mouths and their hearts are far from me. So God was just like, bro, you ain't got to say my name. Your presence, my presence is within you. So, bro, I'm just I'm there doing what I'm doing. And so she comes to me afterwards and she looks at her arm, you know, our kids be rounding her arm on their mm -hmm. arms. And she says, man, I know now that weapons will form, but they won't prosper because I'm more than a conqueror. I'm like, that's right. She looks at her other arm. She says, I know now I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm like, that's right. And I realize she's reciting all of the scriptures. Now, she thought they was quotes. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm in there real tactful with it. And so she was like, I want to live, Mr. Jeremy. I want to live. And she runs off the class. And that was the catalyst. For me saying, I'm going to quit the comfort of my job. Me and my wife had two great jobs, six figures, retirement plan, healthcare benefits. We both took that faith journey, which was crazy because I didn't plan on her quitting. But she just like, nope, I'm going to quit, too. And we went on this journey, man, of becoming uh, professional speakers. And I was kind of branding myself like, hey, I'll preach for your church and I'll preach for your school. But at some point, I had to make a decision when it came to branding, how I branded myself, because I realized I was looking like a handyman, like I can do corporate work and I can also speak for schools and I love to preach the gospel. And so I, I got to a point, my mentor was just like, you need to choose one lane and give it your all, but just know that God will not limit you there because your gifts will make room for you. And that's where I struggled. Because I felt the calling. I felt like, man, God was like, bro, you could be in these schools speaking to these kids. You could be in these schools motivating them, inspiring them. But then I would hear the church members saying, because I've heard of pastors that was like, oh, Jeremy, oh, he he a motivator. Oh, he he got, he going, he yeah. with the watered down gospel. And so yeah. that, that narrative, it had an effect on me. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, bro, I was in the streets, bro. I was pulling kick doors. I was selling weed by the pound. Like, I left the church and was wilding and came back. But then those within the church that was insecure didn't really receive me. So all this time, come on, I'm hoping for their acceptance. Wow. I'm hoping for these pastors to accept me, to embrace me. I'm hoping that they're like, go ahead, boy. Go out and motivate them kids. Stop them kids from dropping out of school. Help them kids get away, get out of gang activity. Right. But no, they like, oh, he got that watered down gospel so that so as opposed to being obedient to God, I was looking for the praise of man. And I remember I was on Grace Tour, uh, yeah. which is a, a tour we started years ago. And um, me and the team was working with Whitley Phipps, the OG, the man of God. And Whitley yeah, yeah, Phipps, yeah. Jeremy, I learned years ago um, not to focus on the acceptance of man, but focus on the praise of God. And he was like, so often we look for the praise of God, but then our offerings to, you know, say so we look for the praise of man, but our offering to God is not accepted. He said, don't focus on the praise of man, focus on the acceptance of God. And so I began to govern myself with that and that freed me. And I went all in. I began to brand myself as a youth, you know, saying motivational speaker. And I was still getting invitations to speak at churches. But I was like, I don't care what other people have to say, because this is how I look at it. I had somebody coming to me one time, bro. They was like, Jeremy, do you think, I know it just kills you. It eats you up inside to be at these schools and, 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 you, and you can't preach the gospel and you can't say in the name of Jesus. I was like, it really doesn't. 
<laughs> kill me because they didn't ask for that. Yeah. They didn't bring me in to evangelize. They brought me in because 60% of their class is not going to graduate. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 10% of the girls at the school are pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Like dropout rate, cutting, suicidal attempts. Two people just got shot last week. Like, bro, they bring me in because they're struggling. So, yeah, I know some churches might want me to talk about the health message and want me to talk about the day of worship and want me to talk about all of it. They ain't call me for that. That's like going to that's like going to the ER, bro. And you see somebody in there with a gunshot wound or they bleed now and you talking about they diet. And you talking yeah. about, well, you know, you shouldn't you should cut back on the soda and just drink more water and you shouldn't yeah. be eating pork chops. Bro, they bleed now. Yeah, they bleed now. I'm a triage worker. I'm, I'm in the ministry of triage. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm gonna leave all the other technical Pharisees said. I'm gonna leave that for somebody else, bro. They bring me in because they like, man, our kids are struggling. Our kids is cutting themselves. I don't, I can't tell you how many kids I look at arms with whelps for they've been cutting themselves from the healing. Kids is cutting themselves. Kids is committing suicide. They dropping out of school. They having babies in school as early as eighth grade. Like they dealing with some heavy stuff. I'd have yeah. been to some schools, but I'd have been to some elementary schools, bro. Well, I done seen needles from junkies. In the playground of the elementary school because they're in the middle of the hood. Yeah. So God was like, go, bro, go to these places. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. So that's the energy I run with. And can I just tell you one thing, man? This is one of my this this thing, this is probably oh. one of the biggest thing that blessed my heart, bro. I was at a school one time speaking, and um, and I leave and I get done with the school and I'm saying my goodbyes, and everybody kind of settled out. And I was waiting for um my man to pick me up, and um, I was walking through the hallway, and this dude. Like he had long locks. He was probably like maybe a sophomore, junior high school. He said, hey, bro, come here real quick. I was like, what's up? So he like walked to the bathroom. So he was like, hey, come here, come here, come here. So, you know, I go to like the bathroom and he's like, hey, come here, come here, come here real quick. And so he's like in the bathroom stall. And I'm thinking like, bro, this weird. Just say what you got to say. He's like, come here, come here, come here. So I kind of step in by the bathroom stall and he pulled, he like unbuckles his belt. So I'm like, bro, what you want? Bro, my man pulls out a half a pound of weed. Wow. And was just like, and started getting choked up and was like, bro, that's the realest beep I ever heard in my life. And he was just like, bro, I don't want to end up like my uncles. I don't want to end up like my dad or my brother. Everybody, all the men in my family, either in prison, been killed. And he begins to flush the weed down the toilet. And he was like, bro, after today, my life will never be the same again. And I'm going to make you proud. And so now the toilet getting stopped up. I'm helping him pick weed up. I'm thinking like, bro, if they walk in the bathroom right now, bro, it's going to be a pretty picture. But I, but I realized that experience. And, bro, that stuff would happen all the time. So I know that's a lot Not to the question much. you asked yeah. me. But, but I, I felt it was important to let your viewers and your community know, you know, it was a journey to get here. And because I was so concerned with being accepted by the church and feeling like I was good enough, as opposed to saying, man, this is what God told me to do. They ain't got no heaven or hell to put me in. People are out here hurting, you know, but those things do affect us. Bro, yeah. I ain't like super Teflon. I got feelings, bro. I got emotions, but I got to a point where I was like, I will not fear man, but I have a healthy fear of God. And so I was like, I'm going to do what God told me to do. And bro, he opened up the floodgates. And I'm gonna stop right there and give it back. Uh, I'm gonna tell you this, man, Jeremy. This is you you came out hot, right? And I love it because here is here's what I think a lot of people who watch this podcast, a lot of people that I'm ministering to, one of the challenges we battle is um like if I'm in ministry, I, ministry should be in the church, like ministry belongs in church. And what you just helped us to understand, man, like. First of all, for anyone watching this, whether you want to be in business or not, man, you are in full-time ministry. If you're a believer, you're in full-time ministry. If you're touching people's lives, interacting with people, that's ministry. But what you're also helping us to understand, Jeremy, is the most, and I'm going to say it, the most impactful ministry is outside of the church mm -hmm. because that's where people really need help. I'm going to let you respond to that. Yes. <clears throat> so I'm about to read you something that my assistant just sent me. But let me just say this. There, of course, we need our shepherds. Of yeah. course, we need the pastors. Of course, we need them on the weekends, giving us that word, keeping us sharp. Like there is a place for that. We need the street ministry like we like there is a there is a place for that. But what God is doing and really what God has been doing. Is moving, it's happening outside of the four walls of the church. And bro, like you know my history. So you know how we've been getting down over the years. Like, like we've been out 
in the streets ministering to the dope dealers, to the gang members, to the prostitutes, to the homeless, detention centers, group homes, shelters. See, people see me on stage now in Vegas and Australia and all these different places in front of 15, 20,000 people speaking. And they're like, yo, look at Jay. But they ain't see me when I was in the group home. They didn't see me when I was in the homeless shelters. They didn't see me when we was feeding people and ministering people and, and casting out the enemy when we was in Skid Row on Grace Tour in Cali, right? They didn't see us like all the all the other work that we're doing, right? So they haven't seen my track record over the years. So I tell people all the time, man, like folks are out here struggling on so many layers. And there are some people that's going to help them, you know, saying like not quit and not give up and not commit suicide and not throw their life away and not drop out of school and become a complete failure and become a statistic. You know what I'm saying? So now when I'm going to schools, I'm letting these black and brown boys know, like, don't get it twisted. There are people that have, that have invested in private prisons. They hope you drop out of school. They hope you get caught up with a dope charge. They hope you go off to prison because the more people get locked up, the more wealthier they get. So I'm opening up these young kings and queens' minds to let them know, like, there's a world out here that is not rooting for you. They hope you fail so they can profit from your pain, right? But I'm going to show you what it looks like when you really embrace who you are and you move forward with the plan that you've been called to have. And so that's the energy I have. And look what happens when you have the spirit and the power of God within and you're open and you're vulnerable and you're transparent because I'd be real tactful. So if I'm in schools and I'm sharing my story, I can't talk about how I was baptized and denominations and all of that. But I can say like, man, I, I got my character right. I started joining my local church. I started giving back. I started volunteering. I began to work on my character. That's it. Now kids is like, oh, he a Christian. And now they're sending me DMs like, hey, bro, you believe God is real? Or kids will come up to me afterwards like, can you pray with me? Now you're in my personal space. I can pray now. I can lay hands on you now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can really pour into you on that space. I just got done speaking in front of about maybe a thousand people in, in Phoenix, Arizona, right? It was for a real estate investment conference. So this conference, it wasn't just for those interested in real estate. It's for people who are trying to raise capital for big real estate deals, like yeah. 10 million, $30 million. Like it's a different type of room, bro. They bring me in to speak. I want to just read to you something that yeah. someone that was in the audience after a three day event, he heard my talk and look what he said. He said this to my assistant, Jeremy, I didn't get a chance to shake your hand this weekend and tell you in person, but I had to tell you that you touched me. Your transparency about your marriage issues really hit home for me. I came away from Raise Fest and had some great ideas on how to raise my real estate game. But the important message that I needed to hear was how to be a better husband. I'm going to put the same energy into my marriage as I'm doing in my real estate business. Thank you for your vulnerability. Bro, this look like, well, you can't see it because my camera focused on, you see that? Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on, yeah, bro. Yeah. What are we talking about, bro? I, I can't tell you, bro. Every week I get a, a Caucasian and middle-aged male come to me in tears in person or in email. They're like, bro, I'm gonna be a better husband, bro. I'm gonna be a better father. Man, I've been struggling with some addictions, or I wasn't addicted to this, but I've been addicted to pornography. I need to work on my character. I'm looking like, bro, I ain't said nothing about God. And they just they feel his presence. Yeah. And so I tell people all the time, man, I believe. I really believe that most speaking is ministry. Mm -hmm. Like I like man, life and death yeah. is in the Ooh. power of the tongue. So if you're doing a corporate keynote presentation and you're showing people how to effectively communicate, like bro, that's going to add value to someone's life. Right. So I'm speaking for the Ford Motor Company, my biggest gig ever in Dearborn, Michigan, right? My biggest gig ever. Because they're a Fortune 18 company. So they're the 18th largest company in America. And the check is the biggest I've ever gotten from one single, single speech, right? I got 45 minutes to present to them, bro. This is the biggest gig in my life. And they want me to come in and talk about next level living. They want me to talk about occupational integrity. How do you have integrity in all of the different spaces you occupy as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as a spouse? Like, this is what they want me to so say, like, help us be able to overcome adversities. Share us your story, your pain, your journey of sobriety. Like, they want to know, like, man, how did you master all of this? How are you so disciplined? Like, let's talk about your faith. Like, bruh. And so wow. it's mind blowing to see 
what they're looking for. So I tell people all the time it's ministry. You put together a girls program and now the young girls in the school systems or at the university see they worth and they value because most of their fathers are in their lives. And now they're not out here sleeping around trying to find the validation of men because a woman that's older that looked out and poured into her now has a, a young girls program in the school. You yeah. feel me, bro? So I'm telling people all the time, like there are so many different ways that you can add value and where speaking can be like a ministry outside of you preaching. Jeremy, that's it. Listen, you said life and death is in the Come power on, of the tongue. Man. That's yes, so good. That's so good. Now, here, here is what I want to go with this. You're not just so the, the, the world that you're going into. If you showed up as Jeremy, the pastor. Right. There's there might be, you know, some limitations or some doors that kind of close, but you're showing up as Jeremy, the speaker and the entrepreneur, the business person. I want you to talk about the intersection right between ministry and business, because for some people, they think, well, because I'm helping people, I shouldn't get paid for it. I shouldn't brand myself. I shouldn't position myself with my package, my off. Like, talk to us about how business has helped ministry and the importance of the two together. Yeah, man. So, you know, I think we've gotten that. We've gotten that from the church, mm -hmm. even as a whole, bro, right? Like the church has a way of, you know, almost shaming people for, like the word says we should be lenders and not borrowers. The word says we should be above and not beneath, right? Like the word says, you know what I'm saying? Like we're supposed to be able to, to do for other people, you know what I'm saying? On earth as it is in heaven. But when I was growing up, there was this spirit like, oh God, I just want enough to get by, Father. I'm just <laughs> grateful for the, man, we had that in 1852 when we were still slaves or 1912 when we was afraid they was going to lynch us. It's a different time now, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I got a kingdom mindset now. And so I tell people all the time, it's just like I had to grow into it. But when I realized that this is what God wants for me, when I realized he wants to bless me, he wants me to have wealth. He wants me to be able to flow in the, in, in the overflow. You know what I'm saying? Like I should have never read, bro, Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who was able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or think by the power that worketh in us. God wants exceedingly and abundantly for our lives, but we just be settling. So I'm going to test my mind to answer your question when it comes to ministry. I'm like, okay, yes, you should have a ministry, but you should also be compensated for it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like the word already says that man is worth his wage, his time. Like we already know that, but some people struggle with it because they still view his ministry as pastoring or as preaching. Right. Yeah. But think about it. Even a pastor has a salary, yeah. right? It's not a big one. He's not getting paid nowhere near what he deserves. Or even a preacher gets a, a, a stipend or a set amount or an honorarium. So yeah. you have gifts. Right. And so there is nothing wrong with monetizing those gifts. Right. There is nothing wrong with being able to have additional resources and generating revenue that can bless more people. Let me tell you something, bro. I don't speak to eat. I speak to feed. Mm. There's a difference. Come on. I don't speak to eat, bro. I speak to feed. I'm feeding people's hearts. I'm feeding their minds. I'm feeding their soul, their spirit. And the thousand kids we feed in South Africa through our nonprofits, I'm feeding their bellies. And people be like, yo, Jay, you feed a thousand people a week? I do. Bro, that's crazy. It ain't that crazy. Tony Robbins feed a couple million people a year. It's levels to it, bro. So I'm looking at Tony Robbins like, bro, you human just like me. You know what I'm saying? When am I going to get to a point where I'm feeding 10,000 people a week? You know what I'm saying? Like the energy is different, but the more revenue, the more gender, the more funds I get, the more people we can support. But our foundation, Next Level Living Incorporated, we got one here in America and one in South Africa. You know, we put 60 kids through college, bro. So I tell people like, man, miss me with that. Miss me with the, oh, you shouldn't monetize or the, 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 uh, the, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. No, let me tell you something. Money ain't evil. The word of God says the love of money. You cannot serve God and mammon. You got to make a decision. If you put money before people, that's a problem. Bro, mm -hmm. I don't worship money. You know what I'm saying? I worship the Messiah. 
You feel me? Like, I don't worship a currency. I worship the king of kings and lord of lords, the one who made gold, the one who made silver and platinum. Like, that's what I worship. And then from that, God blesses me in return. So when I look at the kids we have in schools in South Africa, when I look at the kids that we're feeding and I look at the impact we're making, I'm like, man, God has blessed us to be a blessing to others. So I've got that kingdom mindset. So now I'm charging more folks. Now I'm charging more. As I built out my brand, I'm like, price goes up. I'm not leaving my house for 5,000 no more. I'm not leaving my house for 10,000 no more. And I don't feel bad about not taking certain opportunities because I got a community of 2,000 speakers I've coached and mentored. I can give them those opportunities. I tell people all the time, bro, you don't pay me for my speech. Come on. I'll never forget the advice our good friend, Dr. Myron Edmonds, gave me years ago when I first started speaking and preaching. He said, Jeremy, never make your wife feel like she's in competition with the ministry. Mm -hmm. He said, never make your wife feel like she's in competition with the ministry. I was like, oh, snap. So I've been mindful of that now. But two years ago, everything for me shifted. When the driver picked me up, I stepped outside the house and my son Jackson at the time was three. He grabbed my leg crying and said, don't leave me, daddy. I text Ebony. I said, price goes up. Why? You're not paying me for my speech. I'll give my speech for free all day long. I love talking, communicating, affirming others and amplifying the power of God. I'll do that all day long. You pay me now to leave my family. Because my family is, the, is, is my first ministry and they have suffered and sacrificed enough. But I cracked the code. I built the brand. I'm now in demand. I tell people in our community, you can't make demands if you're not in demand. There's nothing wrong with that. But T.D. Jakes don't take every single speaking opportunity. Priscilla Schreier don't take every single speaking opportunity. Right. But they grew brands to say I cannot be selected. Why? Because I'm not going to lose my family while I'm trying to minister to yours. I love it. Jeremy, man, so many things. By the way, I don't speak. This is a bar right here. I don't speak to eat. I speak to feed. That's a bar. Right mm -hmm. Y'all make sure y'all tweet that, put that somewhere. Um, yeah. So so talk about this, right? Business. You, you, you mentioned you have four businesses. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, where did this business bug come from? Man? Where you got this from? Um, just really looking to add value, right? The mm -hmm. very first business was um, Next Level Um well, the very first one was I first started as a sole proprietorship. I ain't know no better. Um, Jeremy Anderson Ministries. Then I realized it's going to be hard to get in schools because all the schools was like, yeah, we'll let you speak to our kids. We got a little budget, but you're going to minister or speak. I was like, no, I'm a motivator. So we changed it. LLC, excuse me, to the Jeremy Anderson group. And then that's more of a, a speaking consultant. And, uh, and in everything I do, man, I give the work that God has called me to do, I give it my all. And so as we began to do a lot of work in the educational space, I began to really act like bro, all of our companies, all of our businesses have stemmed from a place of I want to add as much value to the marketplace as possible. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I started speaking in schools. And so I wrote the next level teaching book. Right. To connect with the hearts and minds of teachers and show them how to build relationships with every single student, regardless of their color or their background. Then I created the next level um, teaching podcast. Mm -hmm. Then my team created a video series called Next Level Students, where I began to take video questions from students all over the country. How do I handle life if my father's not there? What do I do if my mom kicks me out? What do I do if my boyfriend is pressuring me to have sex? How do I handle if a bully is attacking me? What do I do about like stuff they did? Right? Kids is actually being vulnerable asking questions. So I'll create a whole video series around that. And then I, me and my team wrote a K through 12 social and emotional learning character curriculum, math, science, English, history. All of that is phenomenal. But what happens to the kid whose father's not in their life or what happens to the kids whose mom is strung out on drugs or what happens to the kid that's being bullied or what about the kids that suffer from depression is cutting themselves? They're struggling with their emotions. And so we wrote a curriculum for that. And so I, it's like I look at everything that we're doing. In the school system, it's like I created a whole nother curriculum company, an educational consulting firm on top of the speaking from there. And then from there, we began to grow and evolve. And I began to generate so much revenue. This is going to sound crazy, but it was like, OK, how do I now diversify my portfolio? And so we started the trucking company. So we had the next level trucking and we started buying 18 wheelers and we had a trucking and logistics company, which is nothing to do with ministry. Right. People ask me all the time, like, where's your passion for diesel come from? I don't have a passion for diesel. 
diesel, but I have a passion for the revenue that the diesel industry brings. Right. And then I'm able to now do more in South Africa and other places through our foundation. And then last year we actually shut that company down because it was a bit much on my wife even though we had somebody to run it the taxes the payroll i was just like i don't need nothing else that's taking your energy from you to where you can't thrive and be your best so i'm constantly putting up and taking down doing the an analytics of how how life is going within my family and within my home um, but then we started our next level speakers academy why because people were asking I've been getting people requesting since 2016. Hey, can you coach me? Can you mentor me? Mm -hmm. I never had time. But when I stopped traveling as much and all my events went virtually, I was like, man, I ain't jumping on an airplane two, three times a week. I can create an online community. And we started the Next Level Speakers Academy. And then we have our Next Level Speakers Elite Program. And we have our Next Level Brand Studio that does media, video production, website, branding, logos, et cetera. So, Everything that I do now has come from a need from people are saying, man, this is a gap we have. And from the different systems and different businesses I've managed or ran over the years, it's like I created a lot of different skill sets and I've been able to walk in it. But everything I do now flows um, from that place of purpose. So we shut the trucking company down. We had a good two-year run. We sold all of our assets, but everything we do now is in the coaching, the mentoring, the branding, the production space to help other speakers amplify their message and their voice. I love it. Jeremy, a couple of things I'm going to point out. One is, I remember when you started, um, we connected more on the Grace Tour when you came to the church that I was leading in Memphis. But I remember you wrote books back then, spoke back then. Everything you're doing, right? Mentoring people, it's the stuff you started in the church. And I think for people, like a lot of folks, you need to understand, man, what can I do to generate income and build a business? Man, look at the things you already are doing to help people, man. Don't 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 think too, don't make it too 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 difficult. Make it simple. Man, what am I already doing that people are getting help from? Because that's what I see. I remember your first books and the stuff that you were doing, man. And then and then what I love that you're doing is. Okay, I'm doing this one. I start here, but then what's the next thing? What's the next need? What's the next thing that me solving this problem opens up another problem? I don't know if you want to kind of just reflect on what I just shared there. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I am always looking to solve problems, but my life over the last 14, 15 years has been a lot of growth, expansion, elevation, pivots. Sometimes mm -hmm. you grow out of some seasons. Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody ever comes to me and says, Jeremy, you changed. My response should be praise God because I'm supposed to grow. I'm supposed to change and evolve. Our sales are, you know what I'm saying? Multiplying and changing, you know, every day. And so like I think about the grace tour with me and Brian, rest in peace, bro. And Jill and Javen and, and Marcus and Stephanie, you know what I'm saying? Like we got our whole team. We traveling all over the country and we going to group homes and homeless shelters and schools and universities. And we would end at the churches on Saturday and Sunday and with a big celebration. And we are baptizing people in the community. Like I look at all of that, but then it came to a halt. After a strong three-year tour, it came to a halt. And God clearly said that season is closed. And you know what I believe? This is my own belief. I could be wrong. But I believe that God was displeased with how some of the churches that we worked with, how they nurtured the people that we brought in. Like we might be in a city, bro, and we end up from a, being there for a couple of days. We didn't baptize 26 people. That church ain't baptized 26 people in the last 10 years. You got 26 new families in the church. But then six months later, only one or two families is showing up like that's a problem. So it's like we putting in all this work, but a lot of churches and groups were not able to manage it. I feel like God was like, OK, that was for a season. I'm going to transition you to a, another space now so that you can grow and expand. But maybe God was like my first year. Let me see if I can trust you, Brian, Javen and Jill. OK, let me see if I can trust you, Brian, Javen, Jill, full time, all African-Americans. Then he's like, now let me add Stephanie. Now let me add Antonia. Now let me add Kelly Lynn. Now let me add Marcus. So now we got a Bermudian. Filipino, Hispanic, um, Asian-American, Brazilian. We looking like the United Nations now. And God was like, okay, you can manage a team of nine people traveling the country. Now I can trust you with 900 across the globe. Wow. You feel me? So we, when we lost our Speakers Academy, now we got a community now of like 1,800 members all across the country 
You know what I'm saying? And before we have our Zoom training calls, we praying. We haven't. Oh, bro. It's, yeah. I could go on and on. But I just wow. but for me, it's all about the seasons and the pivots and me being intentional about, OK, God, are you doing something different in this season? Am I getting too comfortable? You know what I'm saying? What, what says you? Yeah. Yeah. So good, man. Now, as you've heard, those of you listening, watching this podcast, Jeremy, don't say four sentences with using, without using the word my team. Man, it was um, a couple of years, a few years ago, I was I called you or I reached out to you. It was right around December. I was asking you to do something. You said, um, my team and I, I'm going to check with my team because my team and I, I was like, dude, this is something I, I got to I got to get on this because there is something to moving as a team, working as a team, leading with a team behind you. Just kind of talk about how team has helped you with the work you're, you're doing and the work you've done. Yeah, man, I am where I am um, because God has blessed me with a great team. You know, I tell people all the time, my first team member, you know, was my wife. Yeah. Um, after that little girl in that middle school told me she was going to commit suicide, but I saved her life. You know, I went home and I told my wife, I said, babe, I'm about to quit my job. And she's so gangster. She was like, I'm going to quit my job, too. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't praying. But like, God ain't tell me. She was like, no, I'm quitting my job, too. And she worked for the government, bro. She was in Huntsville, Alabama, working for Redstone Arsenal, Jacobs ESTS. They was a government defense contractor. She had a great job, healthcare benefit. She walked away from it. She was my first team member. Then, then during the Grace Tour, we brought on Ebony. That's who you were working with to set this up, right? And we, Ebony's been with us now for uh, over eight years, close to nine years now. Um, and she was my first assistant, kind of personal assistant, booking manager, et cetera. And then we kind of just grew you know what I'm saying, over the years. And so now we got a whole media department. We got a, a content team. I have a chief operating officer. I have a director of our programs. Um, I have two um, I have two program coordinators. So we've got a team of about 20 plus individuals across our different um, companies and entities. And a lot of them, again, still kind of intertwined together, which is really cool. Uh, but I have I have been blessed with a great team. And, and my biggest thing now, I've got a CEO coach and a mentor. I just reached out to him. He recommended me a new book to read which was what got you here won't take you there. So I'm about to crack that book open, but I'm constantly trying to learn and grow to be the best leader I can be. Cause I'm looking at my team, bro. And I'm like, man, I have such an anointed God fearing spirit filled team of individuals. And it's like, when we get together and we do events, like it's a vibe. And I'm just yeah. like, man, God is doing something special. And God just told me, man, take care of those who take care of you. So I'm big on taking care of my team. I'm big on sewing into them. I have a thing called H&M. Whenever I have to have a hard conversation, I go H&M. And I'm not talking about shopping. The H is for your heart. The M is for your mind. So I want to talk first. Let's talk about your heart. How's your heart doing? Is your heart in a good place? When they see that's clear, now let's talk about your mind. Let's talk about my mindset because you're not at peak performance and I really expected better from you. But was there something going on with your heart? Is there something going on with your mind? Okay, let's make these adjustments. And so God has just showed me like to give the team grace, but keep them sharp. But they only going to go as far as I go. So I'm having to constantly grow. I'm having to constantly humble myself and, and make the necessary changes and adjustments so I can be the best version of me because they deserve the best leader. And then when we come together and you got all the Holy Ghost with us, you got like, bro, at our last at our conference in 2022. I, I did an appeal and didn't even mean to on our opening session. This is our speakers conference, bro. We ended up baptizing 45 people. Yeah. And then last year at our conference opening session, my opening keynote, you got 600 people in here just looking at me like, oh, that's my coach. That's my mentor, the GOAT, Jeremy. I'm thinking like, bro, I ain't that deep. Yeah, I've cracked the code to success. Yes, I'm a seven-figure speaker. Yes, God has tremendously blessed me. But don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? I still grew up without the, the absence of my biological father, repeated failure in school, drug and alcohol abuse, a diagnosis of ADHD. I went to three different schools for the ninth grade. I've been arrested so many times. I can't count like pornography. Like I struggled a lot. And then when I hit the reset button and figured it out, God still had to grow me. Marriage counseling and just a lot of stuff I had to fight through. And I be, as I began to share my story with them. And I'm like, but the most amazing thing I did, October 17, 2009, I gave my life to Christ and I got rebaptized. And I look up and people are just coming to, 
to this front of the stage. I bother called it the altar in tears. And Holy Ghost was like, bro, give him the pill right now. We gave him the pill and, and we had some of the other pastors in our community facilitate the baptism. Bro, we baptized 115 people by accident. Mm. That wasn't even our plan. But it just goes to show, you know, what God is doing through us, you know, and through our community, because I have a, such an amazing team. They all Christians. They all believers from different walks of life that I've known through relationships. And I'm handpicking what God's up that person or up this person. And I see their heart posture. Man, bro, when we come together, it's like a spirit filled, unstoppable force. So I'm always talking about my team, man, because I'm so grateful to have such an amazing team and I'm, I'm working every day to be the best leader for them as possible. Dude, that's the word right there. Listen, folks, team, you can't do this thing alone. Whatever you're trying to build, you got to build it with someone. You got to bring someone else along. Mm -hmm. So, Jeremy, I want you to help someone starting up some because because here's what the, the mistake I don't want someone to make at the end of this podcast. Man, Jeremy's do Jeremy's doing this now. Let me go do this now. And I'm getting started. There's levels to this, right? Yeah, so someone yeah, might yeah. be starting their coaching business. They're starting a speaking business. They're moving their ministry out into the marketplace. Give them just two or three tips that you would say, man, when you're getting started, this is what you focus on. Yeah, don't, don't judge my chapter 20 on your chapter two. Yeah. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing, bro. The biggest mistake people make is they look at where someone else is and they judge that to where they to where they are. I tell people all the time, you know, despise not as the word says, small beginnings. Mm -hmm. Right. So do the best you can. You know what I'm saying? We got an event coming up. I'm going to have a video production team, like six people. They're doing their thing. I don't always have that. It was a time I just had my cell phone. Then there was a time I had a little janky camera. Then there was a time I had one guy that would show up from time to time and film me when I could record him. Then I had one full-time guy. Now we got a whole production team. You know what I'm saying? Like there, it was, there was, you know, there was levels to it. You know what I'm saying? There was a time when I could, the in game students I was getting, the, the schools or churches bringing me in, they didn't have the budget for a flight, yet alone a first class flight. I didn't always have drivers picking me up and dropping me off. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a time I would have to get in my car, hopefully have enough for oil change, drive my car across the country to speak and hopefully get $500 in a little collector offering break. Like I, that's why I started. Right. And so I and then you grow over time. And so the biggest thing I would tell anybody that's watching or listening right now is, man, do the best you can with what you have. And be inspired by other people, but don't be discouraged if you're not on their level. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you think you want what I have right now when you haven't even put the work in or the sweat equity? I told people all the time, bro, don't want the stages I stand on, want the sacrifices I made. I tell folks like, bro, don't want the checks I'm getting, want the character I've had to create over the years. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I want to dominate. You focus on dominating, bro, just be focused on being disciplined. Right. So that's the mindset I tell people to have. And so I believe that right there is to start is perfect what you have. Be faithful over the few things. The yeah. word of God says that he will make you ruler over many. That's all I've been doing, bro. I've been faithful over the few things God has put in front of me. And my team is always coming to me with ideas, and strategies. And I'm like, I love it. I love it. That might be Q2. That might be Q3. That might be some 2025. Let's perfect what we've done right now. Make sure we operate with a spirit of excellence so there is not a drop down because we represent God. God is the CEO of our company. I'm the CEO, but I'm surrendering to him. He's a big CEO. You feel me? So I'm at a point now where I'm just like, man, I want to make all the right moves. So I would tell anybody listening and watching to just know that you do the best you can with what you have. It might just be you and your cousin. It might just be you like that is fine. But then I also want to challenge people to get around others who are making moves and who are doing great things and see how you can serve them. 
Serving will take you a long way. Serving will take you a long way. Let me give it to him one more time. Come on. Serving will take you a long way. Who else can you learn? Who else can you serve from? Who else can you be around that's doing great things that can inspire you? And then when you see other people doing great things, just know in the back of your mind, it's possible for you. You might get there sooner than they got there. It might take you a little bit longer, but it is possible for you, right? If that's what God has for you. You know, we say all the time, what God has for me is for me. No, we got to really believe that and we got to walk in that. So that's the second thing was is to adjust your expectations to what God can do, what God wants to do through your life. And, and that is what I've been doing, you know, saying over all these years. And then but but here's my next thing. Always grateful, but never settle. Yeah, that's, that's my mantra. But I live my life by that. Always grateful, but never settle. What does that mean? It's like, I'm grateful for what I have, but I'm not going to settle and be complacent if God wants more for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I, I, I just believe, come on. God would love it if we could afford to feed 10,000 people a yeah. month, a, yeah. a week. I just believe that. I just believe that God would love it if, as opposed to saying, all right, we helped 60 kids get into college over the last three years. I would love it if we could put 60 scholarships in place every single year. I just believe that's what God wants for us. I got one of my homegirls, bro. She was a victim of sex trafficking. She got rescued years ago. She has a whole ministry. She is so amazing. But when she has, so now she works with an organization that rescues women, you know what I'm saying, from the sex trafficking and human trafficking industry. And so she called me and said, hey, Jay, I got a girl we just rescued. She's going to Cincinnati. We need a place for her to stay for the next month. And we need somebody to cover her treatment and her counseling and her medication. You know how good it feels to say, okay, just tell me how much I should send. That's kingdom work, bro. Yeah. And so I'm telling people all the time, my last thing I'll share with them is have big expectations for God because you serve a big God and there's nothing that God can do. And I, and I want us to walk with that. I want us to talk with that. Can I give you my final thing, bro? I know I went over my time. I'm going to give you my final thing. My biggest beef with the church, Madison Mission had us out in the community. And I remember talking to one of the elders. They was like, man, find out what the people need. We the people of God. We're going to take care of their needs. Find out what they need and report back to us. Bro, we knocking on door after door. Hey, my name is Jeremy Anderson. This is me and my team. We at this local church and we not even inviting you to church because you in our presence. We want to bless you. What you need? They need groceries. They need pampers. They need medication. They need counseling. I'm getting all the stuff. I'll go back to church. This is what they need. Church is like, oh, we ain't got that in the budget. And I walked away angry. Yeah. And I walked away frustrated. And I get it. I get what they were saying. Like, so ain't, I'm not bashing the church. The church is like, whoa, we ain't ready for we ain't ready for that. That's that's a lot. And I remember thinking like, man, God, I'm so mad, man, your church broke. And God says something. My church ain't broke. You broke. Mm. How come you can't feed them? Wow. How come you can't clothe them? The head and not the tail above and not beneath. Come on. You supposed to be a lender and not a borrower. Like, how come you can't? Church ain't broke. Yeah. Son, you the church. Bump yeah, the establishment, yeah. the four walls, you the body of Christ. I need you to be kingdomized, bro. My life ain't been the same since. God told me clear as day, the church ain't broke, son. You broke. You should be the one to write that check. God was like, when are you going to get to a point when somebody come to you and say, I'm struggling with this and I can't pay my rent right now? You want some. OK, let's pray that God delivers you. When, at what point are you going to get to a point where you say, OK, let's pray and let me see how big of a check God want me to write. Do God want me to take care of your rent for this month or for the next six months? That's the type of prayers you should be praying, son. Mm -hmm. So that's when I realized, like, yo, I get it, God. And because I have those expectations of him and because we do serve the God of Ephesians 3.20, I have no doubt that he can do it because I've seen him do it over and over and over and over again. Jeremy, thank you, man. Yeah, you, man. I'm going to tell you what you did for me, man. You helped me to understand not just that. My ministry, I move it out and monetize it. But as I do, I move back into ministry. I'm able to do more for people, man. And I think that's what someone, someone needs to hear this. Your limiting belief about charging is not stopping you only from eating, right? That's that. Okay, let's move that up. Man, it's stopping you from feeding people. And I, I man, you, you rock me with that. Like, mm. think about not just the people that you're going to, you're going to serve because you're doing business the right way. But think about the people you're going to help because you've built the right kind of business. You're not able to 
not just you say, right? Okay, I'll pray for you, man. That, the Bible says that's not, that's not, that doesn't help anyone to get warm and fed, but you can actually meet a tangible need. Someone, you needed to receive that. Don't play small because you're not just hurting yourself. You're hurting someone else who's depending on you. Hmm. That's good. Jeremy, man, tell people, I want you to promote the Next Level Speakers Academy because you're doing, you're doing kingdom work in there. So just tell us how we can get in touch with that um, and how we can follow you as well on, on social. Yeah. So on, on my website is jeremyanderson.org, right? jeremyanderson.org. Um, my Instagram, which is primarily what I be on, my team manages all my other stuff. Um, my, my Instagram is at one Jeremy Anderson. So if you want to connect with me on Instagram, it's one Jeremy Anderson. And uh, our speakers community that's literally changing the world, bro. Uh, we'll have 3,000 members in our community by the end of this year. I'm believing God for 3,000. Um, and these are people that speaking in churches, women empowerment, men empowerment, prisons, schools. Um, like they really blessing the people, bro. And, um, and the Holy Ghost is all in it. It's it's a, it's really a big discipleship program. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a secret. I'm like a special yeah, agent. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? And they got in a part of the course. They got to watch all the Grace Tour videos. They see the they see the ministry like is that. So that website is nextlevelspeakersacademy.com. Nextlevelspeakersacademy.com. But I want to do something special just in case they mm -hmm. they might not be interested. But just in case somebody is interested in signing up, I'm gonna give an email. Uh, should I do this? Let me just think for a second, bro. Because I have a half-off ticket link, but I don't want. I, but I can't take 50 emails from people, you know, want to pick my brain and ask a bunch of questions. Do you want to give us a code? My wife's email. Oh, okay. Well, tell us what to do. Because I was gonna say, if you want to give us a code. It's, you use it fifty times. So, and it, yeah, I don't. So I don't have a. I don't have a code or anything like that. Um, we can set it up. This I'll is you, I, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I want the next level.com. That is a special site that gives you. Yes, I want the next level.com, and then that way, um, the speakers academy will actually be half the normal price it is on the website but that's it man next level speaks academy.com to see the fullness of the academy but if you want if you're interested in signing up they can go to i want the next level.com all right it's right there on the screen for you those of you watching this and if i were you i wouldn't like put this off you know i'm a book my and look jeremy you said it's a limited number so thank you for being generous thank you for for sharing this man there's so much i wanted to get into with but man this well, we got let's do a part two, bro. Bring me back in a month or two. Yeah, let's do it, man. Listen, for those of you who are watching this, this is my prayer, my hope for you after watching this. Some of us, we're sitting on stuff because somebody told you something negative and you've allowed their, their small thoughts to limit a big God. I just want to challenge you to take what God has given you and take that to the next level as God takes you to the next level. And it's time to take your ministry out into the marketplace. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.